Hi, I'm Amanda Justice. And I'm Katie Behrman. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the North Hole Podcast. Welcome to the North Hole, the North Hole, the North Hole. Welcome to time of year where people spend time with people who share similar genetic information. Welcome to the North Hole, the North Hole, the North Hole. Welcome to the North Hole. Oh my gosh, Amanda, on deck, we had an incredible film called Santa, Santa with Muscles. Muscles. Santa, that was the title of it. And who did it star? It starred. <laughs> I, I want to give audiences at home a chance to guess. Just anyone in the world. Guess at home. You guessed correct. It was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan? Who, I don't know... If when I watched all of his films that I... What other films does he have? uh, Mr. Nanny. Oh, my God. Um, He's in the third or fourth Three Ninjas. I remember him being not a bad actor. And I don't know if that was because I was, uh, you know, excited by him. I loved wrestling when I was a kid. Right, the lens of nostalgia is so blurry. And And when I think... That I wouldn't have listed him in one of the worst, in the top five, like, slashy (laughs) actor slash, you know, another profession. He was not my top, like, the worst actor in the slashy category. But I'll tell you something. After watching this, I feel like I'm wrong. And maybe I've been wrong about everything I've ever thought in my whole life. Santa with Muscles is not made to make you think that, to make you question your entire life choices, but I can see how it would for you. Oh, I I definitely feel like all judgment. I have so many questions. Who is the worst slashy? In I was thought, well, worst best was I love a, sh- a shack, but Mariah Carey is the worst slashy of all. <laughs> Such She's strong worst. opinions, yeah. Britney Spears is also pretty high up there. Who's the best best slashy? Is it Cher? It's Cher. Yeah. Of course it's Madonna's Cher. Madonna's not bad either. Madonna is not good either. <laughs> she's not good either. But she's, <laughs> but not, she's bad not bad either. either. This movie, Santa with Muscles, 1996. Also, this movie did not look like it was I've seen movies from 1996. They, and they look don't good. Look like this. this looks like... Okay, what did you think this the filming looked like? I'm curious. It looked like a poorly shot home movie if someone had said oh my dad decided to make a feature and he cast all of us kids in it (laughs) and And his favorite star and then he was like oh and my dad is also hulk hogan i'll be like oh yeah this is exactly but no that's not what this was Studio picture, kind of. Studio kind of. I cannot kinda. believe that. It to me, it looked like one of those like nineteen seventies sex ed videos. Like that's the quality and like timbre it had. I mean, it cost like two hundred twenty thousand dollars to make, which is extremely low. Like seeing that, that movie, nothing. do you think they did a lot with that money, or do you think they could have done better? I think that 
every moment surprised me with how bad it was. <laughs> the the right, I mean, I we got to get into it. Okay, but yeah, let's get into it. The let's di- get into so it. director uh, John Murlowski, he's made a movie every year since 1989. That's M- incredible. Many of which were Christmas movies. That's so fucking prolific. He loves Christmas. Christmas Mail, which all of these movies have also made <laughs> it onto my M-A-L-E list. Is that M-A-L-E or M-A-I? Oh, I'm never oh, telling. A golden Christmas. Oh, shit. And then he also made a series of slasher films. So one of them was Zombie Hamlet. And then another one, which I became obsessed with. It was called A Date to Die For. Made in 2015. Do you want to know what the tagline for this film is? I want to know what the tagline is. (laughs) A guy goes on a date that he's been dying to go on for years. (laughs) Not. You can't reuse the word in the definition of the word. You know what I mean? Reused all the words. No (laughs) more description. And also. Well, for years, I guess. (laughs) A guy goes on a date that he's been dying to go on for years. I'm sold. Green light, baby. Date to die for 2015. Done. All right, so Katie, what was your experience of uh, Santa with Muscles? Okay, you know what? I felt like this was a really, it was really promising to begin with. Also, I didn't, Hulk Hogan was like unrecognizable to me. He was like leaner, slimmer. He didn't have the handlebar mustache. It was just like a normal trimmed mustache. His hair was like the sandy blonde, not like the like bleach blonde I feel like it is today. Like see-through. I was like, see, that, like he's had to have had hair plugs or something. But, okay, so the movie opens up with, like, again, shots of a town around Christmas time. Every um, single, I challenge every single film that we watch <laughs> on this podcast to open up with that shot. I'm, I'm excited. This one was a little different because it was Southern California. Oh, so, which I love. Yeah, which was cool. Like, there were just, like, plastic Santas oh and, God. like, desert and palm trees and, like, brown. It Southern California awful. has never looked worse. So Southern California has never looked worse. Like, they didn't even... Like, they picked, like, the droughtiest lawns to shoot. Like, yeah. it was just, like, brown Some valley real shit. Some sad-looking palm trees. Sad. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was Opening upsetting. shot. So. It wasn't it, enchanting. And then this doll's voice. You'd think it's, a, you'd think it was a doll or, like, someone doing an impression of a doll. Like, when you pull a doll's string and it's like, Oh, Santa, that's, that's what I want for Christmas. My name's Elizabeth. But she talks for so long. She's this um, voiceover for so long. These sweeping shots of Southern California. We learned that this girl's writing a letter to Santa. The town of Lakeville used to be a happy town, but there's this guy, Mr. Frost, who has been being such a dick lately, I guess. Trope bingo number one. They're or- She's living in an orphanage. Christmas, Christmas orphans. orphans. Love them. Fucking hits the Christmas orphan. Love a Christmas orphan. So hard. <laughs> Mr. Frost <laughs> wants to, for some reason, take away the orphanage. And this child of the corn is very upset. <laughs> Guys, this movie. So, this movie. So we cut from that. We, we cut have from our, that. We have That's a, our opening. That's like our setup. The next scene is actually what I, I think that I'm changing my like personal goals in life to result in a lifestyle mirrored to Hulk Hogan's at this time. So it opens up on Hulk Hogan in fatigues, sneaking around a mansion, and he gets attacked by a series of very screamy kung fu, like, Houseworkers, like house workers, butler, domestic workers. Yes, 
There's a butler. A cook. There's a cook. A very funny French cook with a funny hat on. And they all fight him with like their different implements. So like the garden guy gets like a weed whacker. The the cook has like a, a knife, but also like a steamer a basket oh, or yeah, something. Like basket. they're weird implements. They're not <laughs> like the butler has like white gloves. He's hitting him with. So it's a series of nonsensical domestic workers attacking this guy, and then Hulk Hogan stands up and hits a stopwatch, and then he says. Oh, it only took me four minutes to get rid of or to like defeat all of you. He doesn't really defeat anyone. I don't really understand what he's timing, but if I could be wealthy enough to every morning have a bunch of people try to attack, I love this life. Well, this is this was, this is like he's timing himself. He's like seeing how good he is at fighting and oh. like he's like fighting off these henchmen like he's James Bond. I've it never is the related, ideal life. I've never related to a character more in a movie. Yeah, it makes. So much sense. Especially like, in a Christmas movie. Like, also, that's so creative. Like, if you have a ton of cash, like, that should be your workout. Like, that should, like, a high-intensity fighting, martial arts, James Bond roleplay. Attack. I mean, I get it. Attack me. I also, love it. that scene is what made me think this movie was going to be so promising. I was having so much fun during it. High action intensity. Yeah. Like, so much adrenaline. So, Hulk Hogan fights them. We find out fitness mogul, and he sells a bunch of protein powder. So this is who we're dealing with, Hulk Hogan. And I think most importantly, very much unlike the Christmas Prince, Katie, you laughed. I Several did laugh. times during I did laugh. The, the beginning fighting scenes were very funny because of the, like, background fighters. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just screaming the whole time and, like, basically flapping, like, tongs at him. But he also kept just, like, saying these phrases. Like, he was a real capitalist, macho man dick. You know my rules, boys. Never stop to smell the roses. I don't know if he talked like that. He, he definitely didn't. He didn't. didn't talk like that at all. Um, Never stop to smell the roses. It's just a really funny action sequence. Never stop to smell the roses when he kicks someone to the ground. His, I don't know, with action platitudes, like idioms, misuse, they're so inappropriate every time. He doesn't, never stop to smell, it was nonsense. Like when, when I get like harassed on the street and I have to like, you know, defend myself a little bit, every time I say, oh, I'm sorry, don't look at me, blah, 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 I always say and never stop to smell the roses. That's, you know, it That's totally your, works in real life. I think that we need um, to to acknowledge something. Because we've heard him say a few lines right yes, now. Yes, yes. We need to acknowledge that I just want to know, like, what makes a wrestler also an actor? Are they an actor in the ring? They, they are. are. Yeah. But I feel like Hulk Hogan said, I'm not going to read this script. I'll be in this movie. And then they held up a series of very large cue cards. From, like, yards and yards away. From yards away. away. So he said, my my name is Blake Thorne. It was like watching one of those office training videos where someone has to, like, walk in front and be like, don't staple your hand. With the same amount of, like, understanding and inflection. It seemed like he didn't understand the words he was saying. I know. I feel like he brought more energy and vivaciousness to the ring than any part of this movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, no question. So we have, his name is Blake Thorne. He's not Mr. Frost. In the beginning, you're like, oh, is this that evil Mr. Frost trying to take over the town? It's not. His 
his name's Blake Thorne. And Mr. Frost is played by Ed Begley Jr. Jr. Who I knew from a few things. He's just like been in, he's like a character actor. But this was definitely in a, a dark spot for his career. It's surprising he would take this role. So Hulk Hogan, you know, through a series of zany situations, decides to hide from He's running from the, co- the he, cops. They get in like a chase scene with the cops after he's like, let's go play paintball, boys. And they like because speed off. Because he's so irreverent to local yeah. laws because he's a rich playboy fitness instructor. Oh God, I put irreverent with cops. That is exactly the line I yeah. put. So he ends up trying to disguise himself as Santa so that he won't get caught by the cops who are chasing him to try to arrest him for speeding or paintball crimes. It's unclear. I I have the line is, um, let's go to the Lakeville Mall. I grew up there. There's a million places to hide. (laughs) So just some good exposition. Exposition. And and there's like a Santa scene there and like Santa's missing. Like we don't know where Santa is. All the elves are like trying to stave off all these screaming children. It's unclear why like one of the elves couldn't put on the costume. But anyway, Hulk Hogan walks in at like a reasonable time, finds the costume while he's running from the scientists and like goes out. But we're also introduced to the scientists at that point. So cut to the evil Mr. Frost, who is a scientist. Katie is also a scientist. (laughs) So I was immediately seeing a lot of connection there. I'm also evil. Your passions, Mr. Frost's passions. He has a team of evil henchmen, all of which are also evil scientists. And they've all got fun little roles. They're fun little henchmen. I know. I feel like they're also all pro-doms. This felt like such a cartoon. Yeah. I feel like I was watching a cartoon and saying, why isn't this a cartoon? And then all these actors felt like they were looking out through the lens into my soul saying, why isn't this a cartoon? Right. So we've got these evil scientists that are introduced. They work for Mr. Frost. They all have special powers. It's unclear. All Many things are unclear by this point. So they're torturing the mall Santa that was escaped. That had, or they, they captured the mall Santa, the original one, and were torturing him. For unclear reasons. For unclear reasons. But that's why Hulk Hogan was able to, like, step in. Hulk Hogan steps in, puts on the Santa suit, then gets hit, then gets hit in the head by a... Another giant Santa. A large fake plastic Santa. He's hiding in the garbage chute from the cops, and he gets hit in the head. Yes, and then he gets hit in the head, and then he has amnesia, and when he wakes up, an elf is stealing his wallet, and the elf says... You know, hey, are you okay? And Hulk Hogan says, who am I? It's a classic bump on the head amnesia situation. And whenever I get amnesia, Katie, I can tell you that I always... uh, You go to Santa immediately. I just forget, you know, I forget who I am. And then I also am easily convinced that any kind of reality is, is reality. You could say, you're a clam. And I would say, oh, blub, blub. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm a That's clam fine. now. I didn't know that. I usually try to get you back to Amanda right away when you get all those bump on the head amnesias. But now I'll play with it a little bit. So this evil, kind of evil, scammy Lenny elf character who is... A New York Jew. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. He was so funny. He was so round. I loved how round he, he had a round body. I loved his little round. You love that body type. I do. I feel like I can just roll him down a hill. Little meatball. Little meatball guy. So Lenny takes Santa into the Santa Mall scenario. And Santa, Hulk Hogan. Blake Thorne. Blake Thorne. Also 
like in short order, there's a little montage where kids sit on his lap. Katie was cracking oh, up. I think this. kids say the she darndest thing. during this. Because you know what? Hulk Hogan didn't read his lines. It's possible no one else read their lines. But if you get kids there and they're not reading lines, they say the darndest thing. So it's actually funny. Kids are really good at improv, and they're so cute. Um, so it, it was a nice little uh, moment at the at the mall when, like, the kids were sitting on his lap. Also, Hulk Hogan took on that Santa role so quickly. He was just like, look, yep, yeah, who's been a naughty boy? Like, he just knew, like... You're saying he was, it was intuitive. It was like intuitive. Like, it was almost intuitive, intuitive that he just him. sat down and got into it. Yeah, it's almost like he had the Christmas spirit inside of him the whole time. So... The next scene is actually following this the pattern of this film, which is there's a very rough, poorly written, and very poorly explained setup. And then fight scenes where Santa Hulk Hogan dressed in a Santa suit fights a bunch of goons. <laughs> That's actually the whole movie. And it's just a Spoiler. series of... It's like a musical in the way that the goon fighting is interrupting. And I don't know... By the end, I didn't know if I liked either the setup or the goon fighting. So I was so sick of both by the you're, end. You're saying that like in a musical... It's just like someone's like, hey, there's a door. And then they sing a song about the door. Yes. And it's a total interruption. It's a total interruption. It's just like for show. And it stops the storyline. Like no, like songs, musical songs don't like advance the storyline. So when I watch a musical, I, especially in live theater, I feel like I'm trapped. I'm trapped at a pause. And then someone's just like screaming in a falsetto at me. Well... Maybe you should see Mamma Mia, because it's quite a fun ride. Um, Abba was definitely writing those songs with a narrative in mind. Oh, um, God. That's even the, that's the worst <laughs> example of that. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It um, kills me. So you're saying in that same way, like, Santa with Muscles, and I guess we should have intuited this by the title, but, like, they will just be like, look, there's a door, and then it's a fight scene. It's a fight scene. Yep. And, I mean, I... I feel like the fight scenes were pretty fun. The first one was fun. But then I was just sick. I was sick of everything immediately. This movie felt so long. Yeah, I mean, they. So ca- I felt like they kept gearing up for the final battle. And then it was a minor skirmish. Oh and then there was just like boring exposition in between where like... There were like 18 final battles. And, you know, so through a series of circumstances, Santa ends up connecting with a bunch of orphans, one of which is played by Mila Kunis, looking like a dumb teen in this. She is also the only one that can act in this. I thought she was the only one who, like, knew what she was <laughs> She was, was the best actor in the entire movie. Mila Kunis and a couple other, like, uh, Adam Wiley, who I recognize from Gilmore Girls fame, and uh, Aria Noel Curzon, who... I guess has starred in 14 of the Land Before Time movies, which is like props it to makes, her, man. It makes sense. She's a yeah. great voiceover actor, but seeing it actually on a human girl was incredibly disconcerting. Haunting. She had real gappy baby teeth, too. She had gappy baby teeth, like blonde hair, and was just like, sometimes I watch the fairies in the church window dance. Uh, like, that but- was actually a line, and it was incredibly, like, I only want to hear that from, like, a haunted cartoon doll, you know? The, the saccharine elements of Christmas movies, a lot of times it'll be like a puppy, a Christmas orphan. But they always go, like, we saw this in The Christmas Prince. They always go to, like, 11 right. with Christmas orphans. Like Princess Emily. Was, like Princess yeah. Emily in mm-hmm. her old-fashioned <laughs> They didn't have the technology wheelchair. in Aldovia. They refused to give her a wheelchair where she could be 
like self-sufficient. Right. They made her alive for cuteness reasons. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. So the, he's with some orphans. You know, honestly, I can't go through. We can't even, we go, can't through even go through the it. whole plot. Let's, but I think let's, we should talk about highlights. Let's do some highlights. Highlight for me. A science integration. The villain, a scientist. I was so interested in this. The three henchmen, one of them who was a very hot lady in a sexy she lightning She was like off. the electricity scientist. The electricity scientist? I was so hot for her. Every time she was, she was on yeah. screen, I was like, maybe I like this movie again. And then it would go off of her and I'd be like, no, 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 no I don't know. She also you. got one line. She got one line. She didn't get much. Um, the other scientists were like kind of a, a portly chemist who had, like, chemicals all over him that he would spray in people's faces, and then, like, a nerdy geologist who brought, when they were torturing Santa, he brushed his face with a little geology brush and said, you'll make a great fossil. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, there's, like, the leader of the henchmen, who is Tropingo, kind of like a queer femme villain. He's Mm -hmm. got, like, longer hair and is just very flirtatious with men, women, um, like, creepily flirtatious. I, I got a very queer energy from him, kind of like Cousin Simon yes. from Christmas Prince. Very much like evil Cousin Simon. Mm-hmm. Whoa. The parallels the in parallels Christmas movies. Are Everyone, incredible. I'm, it was such a motley crew. Um, a highlight for me was Santa. So he spends a night in the orphanage, and Mila Kunis is like, I'm going to redo your Santa suit. <gasps> the makeover, yeah. The makeover was unreal. Unreal. So she like cuts off the arms. And the it, sleeves. And the sleeves. <laughs> cuts off Hulk Hogan's arms. <laughs> then, yeah. Well, you know, that would have been a better movie mm-hmm. if Mila Kunis secretly cut off Hulk Hogan's arms. And then she'd be like, now fight now, And she uses Hulk Hogan's arms exactly. to like fight people. Exactly. She sews them onto herself. Yeah. Has huge arms. Or forearms. They come out her uh, oh, chest and back. Definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely. Anyways, so the sleeves are cut off. There's, like, a white puffy embroidery, red tights. So it's, like, a a red Santa tunic, red tights, a black belt, and just fucking big black boots and then the little Santa hat. And it was a hot look. It was, like, thoughty Santa. I would also like to... I I loved the makeover. The tights were great. I would also wear that sexy, thought Santa outfit. My favorite part of the film was when Hulk Hogan and the little Christmas orphan sing the song Angel Baby together. <laughs> I've never heard that oh song. Oh my god. I have never heard that song. And also Do you think they made it up for this film? Oh no. It's for sure a song, but they only got like the 15 second rights to it, so they could only sing like the first like 10 over seconds. Over and of over it. again. And it was they both were singing so off-key. Her voice was so high. His voice was so confused. He was so clearly looking at the cue cards for the lyrics. It is a mess. And I'm going to put a little... I'm going to put a clip in right now. Angel baby, my The movie slogs along. In the end, there's... It's basically like they're in the orphanage. Mr. Frost wants to blow up the orphanage. The villains come, they get in a skirmish, Hulk Hogan defeats them, they leave. That is the formula. Yes, and it happens 15 to 20 times. At some point, I I started looking at like a climate change infographic that the Times put out. Amanda went to go floss her teeth. My dentist says I haven't been flossing, guys, and I'm... I, I floss. I guess not... I guess they're degrees You have to get deep in there. Oh, God. 
gosh. It can't be a surface level. There was never a better time to floss than during the 18th kind of (laughs) final scene of this film. Let's maybe go through some of our segments. Wait, we forgot how the movie turns into a geology archaeology <gasps> thriller for it the final does. battle. How did you how did you I want to interview about this. Okay. Did you feel a greater connection to both the movie and Christmas because it integrated geology drama? You know what I <laughs> It it was so factually correct, you know. I was just so happy they did the research. The final scene is in what looks like a like a a ride where you wait in line for a ride at Universal Studios. You're gonna go on a crystal mountain ride, and then there's like a it's like a coal mine ride, but in you know a psychedelic coal mine ride. A psychedelic coal mine ride. You have to wait in line for like three hours, and while you're waiting in line, you're you're kind of standing in a dank cave. And I think that that was what honestly the crystal chamber looked like how I wanted my room to look in sixth grade. Um, But so the movie takes a real turn where they end up going down into the catacombs. Of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you know the Southern Californian catacombs. They go down to the catacombs underneath the orphanage, unlock a secret code, and open up this cave full of glowing crystals that are warm. And Mila Kunis pipes up and says, I read in my geology textbook that these crystals give off electricity. So, yes, I'm happy someone was interested in STEM in this movie. And I wish, but it was like a fucking unobtainium. Like, it was just, it's, you know. What were the crystals called? Do you remember? <laughs> they weren't named. Crystals and gems, glowing and sparkling. They are warm. Crystals that put out electricity. They must be worth millions. <laughs> they must be worth millions and is a good line. I'm going to quickly take a look around this uh, psychedelic mine cave ride and say, these got to be worth millions. Now we know why Mr. Frost wants to take the orphanage. He wants to sell these crystals. The battle and the the battle ends. Turns, they use salad dressing to throw off the cops at one point. I don't know. There's a really there's so many like hijinksy chase scenes with the cops that but also so get integrated. Boring. They're so boring. Ugh, it's like watching a bad yes. Inspector Gadget at its worst when it just like is with, like, repeating none of the animation tropes, yeah with none of the fun animation just like really bored and sad human beings well I'll tell you the magic that you can make with Hulk Hogan and $230,000 is not that magic it's not that magical it's not that magical all right let's move on let's to a second yeah. trope review excellent so the tropes I have, again, we kind of mentioned some of them in the summary, but uh, like Christmas orphans. Christmas orphans. Bump on the head amnesia. Perfect. This was basically, um, what's the Madonna and Arquette movie? Desperately Seeking Seeking Susan. Susan. It's basically Desperately Seeking Susan. (laughs) Really close. Um, The queer femme villain assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, Bumbling cops. We Mm -hmm. had some good bumbling cops. There's like... Such a long scene where I was like deep into this New York Times climate change infographic where I think that Hulk Hogan was like getting his light, like he remembered who he was, like left the orphanage, had a whole come to Jesus moment, and then like went back to save them. It just took so, I felt like time was dragging. I felt like time had dilated, but, um, but like there is like kind of a come to Jesus moment of like, oh, I should forget this, like. The very Christian, like, I should forget my rich life and go off and save these orphans. 
it was a good come to Jesus moment because he forgot that he was, he realized that he wasn't Santa, which he thought he was in the whole movie. That's the plot of the movie. How? With muscles. With muscles. <laughs> with muscles. The titular Santa with it's muscles. Titular. Okay, so. What, what were the tropes? That you, did you have any tropey doodles? You know, this whole, everything about this movie was a giant, like it was all a trope. Except for the scientist, I would can only I would like to counter this with let's say something that's not a trope, uh, scientist henchman, evil scientist yeah. henchman. That's the only yeah. thing in this film that it really had something going. There, there's for it. really no other Christmas movie that that has that favorite quote. What's yours? I know what mine is. My favorite was "Sounds like you're a very naughty boy," which is a good one. She said that to me last night. If you know what I mean. <laughs> And there was another one that was, someone in the audience says, Santa's beating some guy up, which is, it happens all the time. God, thank God for that background actor. Thank God for that. There's always a background actor who speaks the 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 truth. truth. All right, what's yours? Can you read, um, can you pretend that you're like a, a bully who's stealing from a charity and say this line? What are you going to do? Give me a lump of coal? How about two lumps? <gasps> punch, punch. Punch, punch. That was, that that was, was good. my favorite. That was good. That was my favorite. But there is a, another really funny one. Oh, being Santa opened my eyes. <laughs> that one was really good. Being, being Santa. Santa. And, and he was like, being Santa opened my eyes. And I didn't like it or something. You have it. It was being Santa opened my eyes. And I didn't <laughs> like what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, the, the only way to get this fucking awful capitalist to like do anything is to to have him be Santa. Have him be amnesia Santa. Alright, so what kind of food would you recommend <laughs> to go with this movie? Oh my god. Rock candy. I was gonna say crystals. eat some crystals. Yeah. I was gonna say eat some crystals, Fucking baby. Rock candy stand theme. Um, the the scientists are in an evil like ice cream truck the whole time. That's how they get around. So <laughs> maybe some you, of that. Maybe some evil ice cream. Maybe some evil ice cream. Definitely. Um, you could drink a protein powder shake. Um, oh yeah, because Blake Thorne. You know there was protein powder featured heavily in this film, and I kept thinking, I wonder if it's good. And just like '90s kid cereal yeah. would be a really good thing to go along with. Definitely, this movie. absolutely. Yeah. Anything yeah. with Hulk Hogan's face on it. Just like something that you're gonna feed yourself while mom's not home, and you're like, what's on TV? Any weird psycho religious moments? Pseudo religious <laughs> moments. So, pseudo religious moments. You know, there was one. I mean, the, there's a scene in a church. Where you think they're talking about religion, but it ends up being about science. So I'd actually counter that this film is mostly about scientists. This is actually a science film, not a this crystal is film a, at all. This is a documentary. About, <laughs> about crystal science. If you go on Netflix, it's on their documentaries uh, genre. Right. Katie, the most important question of all. Did you feel the joy of Christmas? You know... I felt a small moment of joy of Christmas when those kids were sitting on Santa's lap saying the darndest things. I heard I you was, laughing so hard. I felt just like, just such a, that was such a funny part. And they also edited, it was like the only part that was edited well, where they like took a snapshot of the kid and freeze framed on them doing like a really dumb face. Like it just seemed like the only intentional humor in the whole movie. But the rest of it, I just, I was getting so fucking antsy towards the end and hated my life that... It totally counteracted what I felt during that scene. So you had it. It was taken away from you. I also, I had the joy of Christmas in, no, I think that it wasn't the joy of Christmas. I had the joy of watching Hulk Hogan fight 
And then it was ripped out of my body when I heard Hulk Hogan act. And I just, I can't get over, I seriously feel like I'm questioning everything about myself because if you asked me if Hulk Hogan was a good actor, I would say, yeah, Mr. Nanny, hilarious. I feel like he was in a movie called, uh, oh, and the him in the, the third Three Ninjas, hilarious. And this, nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. I felt nothing. Felt nothing. So... I'd say we both had the joy of Christmas, and then it was ripped away. Do you feel like if you watched those movies again, like, would you ever go back and watch them knowing what you know now about life, love, laughter? I was too nervous. Too nervous to watch them again? Like, that it might be taken away from you? I was nervous all day, thinking, I've just been so wrong about so many things. And if I go back and watch one Hulk Hogan clip... Then maybe I would like get up, quit my job, yeah, like yeah. tell my mom I hate her, yeah. like say you know, never contact me or my break family up, again, break up with you, and like go live in a hut somewhere. Like, Hulk Hogan has ruined more of my relationships than you can ever imagine. This isn't. This wouldn't be the um, first time. This wouldn't this be happened. the first time that my relationships have been ruined by a professional wrestler. So I'd say this movie is not worth a watch at all. But here's what I was thinking. Yeah. You are having a Christmas party. Yes. Um, You have a projector in your home or a TV in a central location. People are milling about. People are having a great time. There's Christmas cheer. Why not put it on in the background? There's funny visuals. Hulk Hogan is beating up people in a Santa suit. Put on a banger playlist. Put on a banger playlist really loud. Don't listen to him talk. Do not listen to him talk. And take special note of the last shot of the film... Which is that Hulk Hogan takes a Santa hat, throws it off, it lands on a hedge, and then the camera slowly zooms in on that Santa hat on the hedge. What does it symbolize? What is that about? Why would John Murlowski make this decision as the last shot? Where, who was this movie even for? I think he was trying to symbolize, like... Look at all these things that happened because of Santa and like the the idea of Santa. Like look at look at everything that transpired here. Like like this Santa hat represents so much, but in the end you're mostly just looking at this head. Oh, hats you know? off to you. Hats sir. off to you. Hats off to you. Hey. We got to say what do you like better? Christmas Prince or we're cuz we're going to rate the movies from here on out. So What's your number one? What's in your, like, number one seed? Christmas Prince or Santa with Muscles? I would say that Santa with Muscles is, like, when you get a stomach bug and you keep puking, but there's nothing left to puke. Oh so just the feeling of bile. You're puking up your spit at the end. And then yeah, I'd so say like that... stomach fluid. I'd say that uh, the Chris, uh, Christmas Prince is, like, drowning in oatmeal. So... You can I'd eat say, your way out of oatmeal. I'd say Christmas Prince tops Santa with... No, Santa with muscles. I can't say it. I can't do it. Because the first 15 minutes of Santa with muscles filled me with hope. I hear that. I I would actually say that I would literally rather sit down and watch Christmas Prince than <laughs> Santa with muscles. Like, It's rough. I Even don't know. when you give an action movie. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. I just thought there was more... F- like, Santa with Muscles is so funny visually, and it should be so much more campy, and it, it is so campy, and it should be so much funnier, but in reality, I thought there was, like, way more to make fun of in Christmas Prince. Fair enough. Fair, Fair enough. enough. All right, well, that, uh, 
That's it for this That's week. That's it. That's it for Thanks. the us mistlehoes. Thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully you did not sit through Sandwich Muscles. Hopefully you watched the first 15 minutes, laughed your little fanny off, and then went Ate all your nutritional yeast popcorn all up. And just flop, went home, turned it off, t- turned it off, and then scrammed. You know, got on with your life. Yeah. That's our recommendation. Our theme song was by Toad. Thanks, Toad. You can find us at the North Pole Podcast on Instagram and if you're my grandparents on Facebook. Rate us on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, do the whole thing uh, so we can do this again next year. Please remember the time I spent with you. November, December, April, May, and June. You are my angel baby. You're so fine.